Welcome back to the Gospel Sports Truth Podcast. I'm your Jose, along with my guys, Young Vander and King Ron, bringing you the truth unapologetically as we see it. Got a whole lot going on this week leading up to the Super Bowl. NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. Got a bunch of moving and shaking with coaches and everything already going on in the NFL. Going to talk to you a little bit about the wide receiver free agents this week and uh, their fantasy impact. So we're going to hop right into it. But first, make sure you follow us on YouTube at The Gospel STP. On all major podcasting platforms, same name. And also, if you need to get any information to us, you can hit us up at thegospelstp at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and hop into it. What wowed us this week? Um, Well, we'll start out with a little bit of basketball. I had the opportunity to see King James and the Lakers in person Monday night. In Charlotte, uh, going up against the Hornets, a lot of the Hornets were hurt, but I did get to see Miles Bridges and rookie Brandon Miller, who showed up, and I made it a game for sure. Um, no news on the Lake Show so far, making any moves. I was, I'm kind of used to them making moves at the trade deadline. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But there were a few other teams that had a little bit of information out there. Um, pretty much some depth moves, if that makes sense. But I just Charlotte, uh, excuse me. The Celtics acquired Xavier Tillman from the Memphis Grizzlies. That was for two second-round picks along with forward Lamar Stevens. Um, and Tillman's 25 years old, averaging six points, 4.6 rebounds. He played, he, He's played in about 34 games this season so far. 40.8% uh, field goal percentage, 22.6% from the three. Strong defensive presence inside, averaging about 1.2 steals and about one block within about 20 minutes that he's playing per game. Uh, the Celtics definitely needed a little bit of front court depth because Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, he's he's hurt more often than he isn't. Now Harford is 37 years old. So, you know, you know, not not too many people can play in their prime from the moment they hit the floor at the age of 18, 19 to still being in their prime at 40 and putting up numbers like LeBron. So, you know, Al Harford being 37 now, that that's kind of a you know, a telling uh, age as far as most athletes are concerned. So they want to make sure that they have a good bit of bench depth as they go into the postseason. So how are we feeling about this trade? Is it just a, huh, one of those, you know, okay, yeah, it happened. Nothing ready to see here. Or do we think that Xavier Tillman could end up having some sort of a, a role that will be significant about the time's playoff roll around. I mean, me personally, I just think it's a bench a bench piece. Uh, just, you know, just like you said, add some more depth. Uh, it didn't move the needle as far as, like, making them a better contender. It didn't make them a worse. You know, it's just, just, just another guy on the bench. So Tillman doesn't really move the needle for me. I pretty much feel the same way. Uh, um, don't move the needle. It's more of, you know, uh, like I said, some, some depth. If uh, Chris Stapps was to go down, you know, it still gives him, you know, Horford then him, or they may even start him, then bring Horford out. Um, like I said, nothing to move the needle too much. Just, you know, some insurance. That's how I view it. We got the Utah Jazz. Uh, they sent a second. Uh, they sent a second-year forward. Simone Fonteco to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for a 2024 second round pick, along with forward Kevin Knox, and also the rights for the Euroleague prospect uh, Gabriella uh, 
Proceda. Um, this is another kind of a depth move. I mean, um, Fonteco, he appeared in 50 games, uh, started in 34 of them for the Jazz this season, averaging 8.9 points, 3.5 rebounds, 45% shooting from the field. So uh, he is a guy that, you know, he he can score, you know, when, when need be. Or I'll say he's a guy that won't be a hindrance to scoring uh, when called upon. So that's a guy that they were able to move without having to really give up a whole lot. Do we see this is just another depth move, or do we think that he may actually have a little bit of uh, significance as far as the uh, Detroit Pistons are concerned? And um, the pieces that the Jazz are getting back uh, with Kevin Knox, the second-round pick, second-round pick, so normally amount to much, uh, but the EuroLeague player and prospect, uh, Gabriela Procida, he has a little bit of uh, name value over there in the Euro League. Um, he's another one of those young guys that um, he's on a, I would say, all-star type of a level over there, but it's yet to be seen what he'll be able to do over here. So that'll be um, interesting to see how that all plays out. But is this just another one of those something to do at the deadline, or do you see it being significant in any way? Man, we're talking about the Pistons, right? Yep. Uh, well, all right. The, the Pistons got um Penteco, and then uh, the Jazz picked up a couple little pieces there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Pistons, man. Like, what? What can it? What is it going to do? Uh, indeed. I mean, uh, well, I think they won. They've have they gotten to a handful of wins at this point. I know, I know for a while they they were. Uh, on pace to break the record for the uh, least amount of or for the most losses. And then they, you know, on that last game, you know, they finally pulled one out. So I, I don't think that they're doing anything to move the meter for this year. They're mm -hmm. uh, making a few moves, hopefully that are going to pay dividends in the future. But I, I really don't see this move doing much of anything for either team other than with Utah, it, it got them off of uh, up off of a contract. And that, that was pretty much all I see Utah doing in this particular circumstance. Um, but there was a, another deal that I saw with Detroit. Um, they traded Monty Morris to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Troy Brown Jr., Shake Milton, and a second round pick. So they essentially got the second round pick that they moved up the road back with moving Monty Morris. But again, um, Detroit just trying to make a few moves to, um, you know, I guess start to prepare for next year, essentially. Uh, we see anything kind of, in either one of these moves that's worth mentioning, Ron? Yeah, kind of for both sides. I don't like right now, it doesn't do anything, but I like Fontecchio. I can't remember that's what his name is, how to pronounce it. But I like him. Um, he's serviceable. Um, right now, Detroit have has a young nucleus with Cade, uh, the Thompson guy. Um, the big, mm -hmm. the big Stewart and the guys that they got are pretty much young guys. He's a nice filling piece once you get the team together. Uh, Utah for me is more of, you know, maybe taking a chance on the Euro guy because the other guys really aren't, you know, like I like Kevin Knox. He's a scorer. I thought he was going to be like a Michael Porter type. I thought he was going to be what Michael Porter is in the league with like a drive to the game when he first came out, but that didn't pan out. So, um, the Euro league guy is pretty much what that's, that's for. So I think, uh, future. If the EuroLeague guy pans out and Utah can build around um, Laurie marketing and these guys and maybe contend for that fifth, sixth spot, uh, Detroit, like I said, they're horrible. But maybe in three or four years, 
he may be a piece that you may be a six man or maybe like a, a good glue wing guy. I like that. Do, like do you think that Kevin Knox has an opportunity to be a little bit more of what he was thought to be by switching environments and kind of going to a team that's a little bit more stable? Or is he what we see? I think he is what he is because with the Knicks, when they had him, uh, a lot of injuries, they were throwing him in. Um, he was with the Pistons. Can't get no worse than that. If you can't get no burn on the Pistons like that, you should be able to get any shots you want playing with Cade, a, distrib- a distributing point guard and stuff. I think he is what it is. He'll have moments, but no, nah, I think I think he is what he is now. Let's move on over to the NFL. So we thought Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the OC of the Raiders, and apparently he didn't like the fact that they were only offering him a two-year deal versus it being a three-year deal. And apparently Magic Johnson had something to do with swaying Cliff Kingsbury over to the Washington Commanders. So, Vander, do we think that this is significant in the fact of the Washington front office was the one that was basically singing the praises of one Caleb Williams, and they are at the number two pick. Chicago is still indicating, even though that they're pick two, if they're going to give up the first pick, it's going to take multiple first-round picks, and Washington may just be the team that is, uh, I would say, desperate enough to do it. Um, Caleb is from that area. They, they need a, 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 a guy that they can kind of you know, pin their name on and kind of ride the back of, if that makes sense. So do you think that this is just them getting uh, OC or is this the first move of many moves that's going to end up having Caleb Williams be a part of the commanders versus being a part of the Chicago Bears? Um, It's a lot to unfold here. Um, Firstly, uh, this is Dan Quinn's team. Um, Right. And he's already starting off poorly. Um, you just ran out a just ran out a Super Bowl champion, OC, who uh had like one of the top offenses in the league, a uh, big part of the year, with a yeah. sub. To bring in a guy who hasn't been proven on this level, it has had an opportunity to, with a pro all pro style quarterback in Kyler Murray in Arizona, and didn't get the job done. Uh, so. Again, I think this is uh, uh, one of those Washington commanders is being run by a bunch of basketball guys. And this is being shown now. There's a lot of basketball guys over there, Bob Myers, Magic Johnson, and they and they looking like some basketball guys right now by making a move like this, uh, bringing in a guy like that. And I, I see the writing on the wall because everybody knows that um, Kingsbury and Caleb Williams have a really good relationship. Um, but at this point, you're just hoping and praying that the Bears allow you to draft the guy that you want, the hometown. Oh, they'll allow it. They, they're going to beat you over the head to do it, but they'll allow it. And, and, and I mean, I, I don't know, because what they're talking about right now is two firsts. So they move from the first pick down to the second pick. And then if I'm the Bears, I, I trade down again. If if I'm planning on keeping fields at that point, I trade from the second pick, maybe trade with the Patriots down to the third pick if the Patriots are looking at going um quarterback or, or trade with somebody that's at four or five, just depending yeah. on how it goes. But... Yeah, they only want two. They can get a haul. Yeah, that's not much. I thought it would probably be more that they'd probably ask for. But if it's only two picks, then I think that deal probably will get done. I'm hearing uh, rumblings that uh, Justin Fields could possibly be going for a second round pick as well. Um, So if that does happen, then I think we'll see the Chicago Bears take Caleb Williams and then uh, Washington may be forced to go with a Derek May or if they decide to go with the wide receiver and Marvin Harrison Jr. 
We got Luke Getzey is now the Chicago OC. I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I, I don't know if the offense in Chicago was down based upon Luke Getzey not having the wherewithal of how to call plays for a mobile quarterback, or if he's going to look a little bit better with the Raiders having a traditional quarterback or how that's going to work out. But what's your impression on Luke Getzey going over to the Las Vegas Raiders, Ron? What you got on that? I feel the same way you feel. Um, I think he downgrades in quarterback. I know the styles are different, but if you keep O'Connell versus uh, Justin Field, um, like you said, the style play calling may be different depending on how they uh, uh, they play style. But um, I'm just not a big fan of Aiden O'Connell. So unless they don't plan to make a move from there, I thought maybe the enemy would have been a nice uh, place for him. But if I would rather at least be enemy than uh, than um, the, the Getsy uh, guy, because uh, Chicago didn't like anything, even when they yeah. so it, 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 it didn't make sense to me. That's why they, it don't. the Raiders going Raiders. <laughs> Raiders gone Raiders is what I said. Yeah, so I'm glad as a Chiefs fan, yeah, I'm glad you got <laughs> over there, you know, but uh, yeah, that's what, I, I thought there were better options out there than that. I was surprised to see that. I, I don't know, look, I, I know I've said this and for, for our loyal listeners, like you've heard me say this multiple times, but Eric Bieniemy has to be like the worst interviewer in the history of interviewing because his offenses work. Like he he just made a subpar offense that did nothing the year before, put up stats that were in the upper echelon of the NFL for a good portion of the season. And I don't get how a Luke Getze, who just did the exact opposite of that, gets a job first. Like I I just I don't get it. Um with that being said, it's a possibility that Eric may end up back in his hometown in New Orleans. Um, now, one thing you said, Ron, I just wanted to point out, Aiden O'Connell ended up with better stats his rookie year than what Derek Carr had in his rookie year with limited playing time and for most of the year not knowing if he was actually going to be the starter, so not practicing as such, which uh, Derek Carr had the benefit of doing. So it's a possibility that they may actually have something in O'Connell that can be developed. Um, and I mean... Quarterbacks nowadays, you know, it's 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 few and far between that you get someone who's just great off the bat. But in many cases, you know, you can have a guy that takes, you know, like a Baker Mayfield. He took a few years to get right. Um, there's some guys just never get right. So maybe they give O'Connell an opportunity to, you know, start the season knowing he's the guy or at least compete in the offseason, and then they'll know going into game one who the guy is going to be and kind of going from there. But um, we'll have to see how that Las Vegas situation works out. But I, I think I think he could be decent. I think he could be a, I think he could be above average. I'll put it that way. I'm kind of 50-50 on that because, for one, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan. Had one, to me, he had one decent year his entire career. And, and as far as what people expect him to do, um, the only thing that kind of worries me about O'Connell a little bit is that um, when uh, th- when Garoppolo did go down, he was number two on the depth chart, and they brought in like Hoyer or something. I can't remember who the who the third guy Hoyer. Hoyer started. It was Brian Hoyer. Yeah, and that week they brought him like that week, and he started ahead of him. So I'm like, I don't understand that. Well, like, well, well, you got to understand. Josh McDaniels is the head coach. And Brian Hoyer wouldn't even be on the team if Josh McDaniels wasn't the head coach. So Brian Hoyer was brought in to tutor 
the other quarterback, well, to tutor, namely um, O'Connell, on, on the offense itself. Garoppolo had already had a stint in New England, so he kind of already knew the offense. But it, it was a matter of comfortability and another bad decision by a head coach who ended up being fired midseason. So you got to take that with a grain of salt because a whole bunch of the decisions that McDaniels made wasn't good. So yeah. there's that piece of it, too. Uh, Alex Van Pilt is now New England's OC. Now, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, he has a ton of experience. Um, he was with the Cleveland Browns for quite a bit of time, and um, I, I think he's come in to kind of be a calm and a storm sort of a deal. They also picked up, um, uh, what's my guy, uh, McAdoo. Um, they picked up, he, he used to be a, a head coach and then he went over to, what was it? The, the giants, I believe he was the head coach over there. Um, so, so they're getting some, uh, some people in the room that, that know offense pretty well, that will kind of be able to be that side of the ball's decision-making process where, um, we can kind of let the head coach Mayo just focus ca- I would say it's almost kind of in the vein of kind of what Bill Belichick was doing. Um, he's focusing on the defense, and then he's going to have the responsibility of the team overall, but he has guys over there that he can trust as far as decision-making with the uh, offense itself. Uh, now, the one thing that was kind of interesting, Alex Van Pelt was the OC that worked hand-in-hand with Baker Mayfield and had a very good relationship with Baker. Right now, just depending on how the draft goes, depending on how the offseason goes, things of that nature, I think Baker would be uh, based on this previous season and also based on the fact that he kind of already knows the offense that Alex is going to be bringing to the table. He would actually be, a humble opinion, a better guy for the job than Mac Jones or possibly a, a pretty good guy to fight it out with Bailey Zappi, but that might be a guy that you could bring in without breaking the bank, already knows the offense, and kind of hold it in the road. We may still end up drafting the guy. Um, but what do we think about this uh, Alex Van Pelt move, and do we think that uh, he brings along Baker Mayfield with him? Uh, the, 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 um, the numbers right now are that he's probably going to be asking somewhere between 37 to $40 uh, million a year and probably going to be looking at somewhere between the two- to three-year contract. So, uh, too rich for your blood, or does it make sense based on the OC, man? Man, none of this stuff makes sense to me. Um, it's like uh, the you know the NFL coaching. This this thing is really good, old boy. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's the same people, the same recycle. Um, the guys more deserve it. The roles like Van, you talking about Van Pelt? What has he done? You said a few things, but he's no Eric the enemy. He, he got he got Baker um in, in Cleveland to their first playoff game in forever. Okay. That's that's his claim to fame. I know where uh, Super Bowl winning OC is, you know, with a proven track record. Right. Um, so I don't really expect anything. Go get Baker Mayfield. He had a good year this year. That's pretty, you know, playing with some all pro wide receivers. Go get Baker Mayfield. He's gonna be Geno Smith this year. He's going to have that good season and come back and he's going to turn right back to the pump. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we don't have no Mike Evans and no uh, Chris Godwin 
over in New England. So if, if right. you're expecting the same thing from Baker again, you better go spend some money in the offseason. Or bring bring look, you might want to bring Mike Evans with him if you're gonna bring Baker, because that's about the only way I can see him duplicating what he did last year. But no, I think it's just the bad just remaining bad, man. Like I'm be I'm convinced like a lot of these teams are not really trying to win. Um I don't know what to say. Like I, I don't know who's sitting back in any of these offices and making these decisions. Some of these things just makes absolutely no sense. And a coach cannot have the full control. Like you think that you're trying to tell me if Mayo's a guy, you mean to tell me he won't vamp him? You mean to tell me out of everybody available? Oh no, that that decision was made. He may have been given the the illusion of decision making, right. but that decision was made for him by somebody. Who I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So, 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 but when they lose games, guess who's going to get the blame for it? Mayo. So it's like. But I will say this the first one to be fired won't be Mayo. It'll be Van Pelt. I don't believe. Mayo will get another year. And then if he don't turn it around with whoever else come in, then he'll be like. But they'll, they'll minimally give Mayo two years before he's on the hot seat based on what Bill wasn't able to do. Cause you can't expect for Mayo in his rookie year as a coach to be better than Bill Belichick was. And and he's considered by most to be one of the greatest all time ever. So, I mean, you, you gotta, I, I think he has a little bit of a leash based on the relationship that he has with uh, the owner, uh, Mr. Kraft. So I, I think he has a, 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 um, a long enough leash to, to get a few things together, but I do not expect to see a D'Amico Ryan type takeoff for new England uh, with Mayo um, that the Texans had. Well, I don't know if they have a high enough draft pick to get the quarterback. They, they well, they do have a pretty good one. Um, maybe yeah, if they go pick three. I don't think Baker Mayfield is the answer, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. in short, I mean, you got some guys. I'd rather go one of these rookies coming out. Maybe the Daniels kid from LSU or something like that. I'd rather go another route. Pick they were talking they- about either Daniels or Drake May if May is still there after pick two. Um, but I, I like Daniels as well. I mean, he, he's in the in the mold of what successful quarterbacks um in today's NFL look like on the field. But but nobody's going to be able to perform without wide receivers. So regardless of who you get to play, I mean, I, I would hate to bring in that rookie, put him in the same situation that the last two rookies were in and expect a different result. We we need more more talent on the field before we try to put a rookie out there at all. I, I would rather go get a uh a vet that th- their name isn't going to be changed or sullied, if that makes sense, uh, based on what happens that first year. Or maybe they're only looking for a first year as we bring up a rookie. But if we don't go get no 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 pass catchers, then I, I don't see the point. Humble opinion. Um, Super Bowl questions. All right. So this is the way we're going to do this. I got a couple of questions for you guys, and then I got my Super Bowl pick. So first up, which unit is most likely to cost you the game? Which unit on your individual squads are most likely to cost you the game? Go ahead and start us out, Ryan. I'm going to have to go, and this is going to sound crazy. If you asked me this a year ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said this. It would be the offense. Yeah. Based on how we played all year, like uh, 
I wouldn't necessarily say all year in the playoffs, we pretty much got back pretty much to ourselves to a degree. Not to ourselves, but better uh, once we started uh, play calling better. But our defense has been, you know, the same the entire year. So, so any uh, specific unit on offense? I would have to go. I guess I go to receivers. Okay. Have to, even because they've been playing better. Like, I don't have no – I ain't worrying about Trev. I ain't worrying about Pat. Um, uh, Pacheco, I think we can uh, – they've been giving up rushing yards the, the two games they've played, so I think we can run the ball. So the receivers, would, where it would be at if it would one unit going to cost us the game? So I don't – What I you got, I'm man? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I think our defense is fine. So if I had to pick money, it would be the receivers. Bet. What you got for me, Ben? No, I, I agree with him on that. Um, as far as uh, the unit, I'm going to say the defense. Um, a- he, any oh, particular part of the defense? Uh, the defensive line. Okay. Okay. You know, we haven't been Not able, stopping the run? Well, they, they haven't. They, they, no, they haven't really stopped the run, but they haven't, like, you know, really get gashed like that. But they haven't really been stopping the run at all. Um, the biggest thing is not getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, the last couple of games, they really haven't seen a lot of pressure. Um, you got all these all-pro guys. Um, you know, Bosa, he just got paid. Um, we got Chase Young, who's, who, you know, came into a better situation, playing with his, his college teammate. Hargrave, who came in with a, a bag, Eric Armstead. So these are like pro, all pro, you know, style linemen, and they haven't really been getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, on paper, they're supposed to be ridiculous. Right. So I would I would say the defensive line, because, I mean, this is one of the situations you can't allow Mahomes to sit back and pack the ball two, three times. Uh, that's when you're pretty much asking for trouble. So um, you got to really, you know, get them to get the ball out quick. So I would say the defensive line. What do you think about your linebackers matching up with Travis Kelsey? Oh, I mean, I like our linebackers. Um, I think we can, we can, you know, Travis, Travis has has a really, he has had a really good playoff, uh, but he, he has some slow games all year long. Um, So drops too. I ain't really worrying about the drops with him. I just think, you know, um, it's all about the coverage. Um, so he's one of those guys. It's not really about stopping him. You just want to contain him. You know, maybe let him get six catches for sixty yards, or you know, have a kind of slow game like that is what you kind of wishing and hoping for. But he's he's been all he's he's been uh, on a terror this playoff so far. But um, I don't think it's gonna be just the linebackers on Kelsey. It'll probably be a collective of linebackers, safeties, different things, couple mixes. Um, but I, I mean, I, I like Warner and the guys for sure. All right, so now let's flip it. What unit is most likely to win you the game? What you got for me, Ron? Um, are you, are you talking about defense or offense or just a, a position? Uh, 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 whatever specific unit on defense or offense that you think is going to be uh, the most useful or or that's going to kind of break the game open for the Chiefs. Uh, I would. I got. I got to go with my uh, secondary. Um, okay. I, I think I got the. Best, I think the Chiefs have the best cornerback duo in the league. And McDuffie and uh Nisney. Um, all year, like people say you can run against us or whatever, <clears throat> but you can run against us and 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 we still, you know, have the second leading points scored all year. So we kind of bend a little bit with the run, but don't break. And then once we once we do, like we will make stops like Buffalo. Buffalo ran it up and down. 
the field. And then once we get you behind the sticks on a couple of position when possession when it's second and seven or third and seven, then I, I think our, our secondary takes out. Uh I think Snead a guard, whoever he's on. I love McDuffie, whoever he's on. Um uh so I'll go with that. Uh kind of like a one A, one B, because if they get in a passing situation, the only uh offensive tackle I pretty much think that can hold his own against uh our D-line, uh, even though we're missing a mini who is Trent, of course. We know who that is. But the rest of the uh guys on the line, I think we can uh, penetrate that. So we might see Trent lining up on uh the right tackle a lot, you know, to make some pressures but outside of our blitzes. So I guess I'm gonna give it to the secondary though. What you got for me, Vander? What unit is most likely to win you the game? The offense. Um, cause that's a, that's what you're gonna need. Um, playing against his team and the position is gonna be the quarterback. But he's about it, you know, on those those third and shorts, third and four, third and six, can you keep the chains moving? You know, those are the downs. You don't want to go three and out, different like that, you know, make the correct passes, get the ball out quick. Um, don't take, you know, certain sacks and things like that. Throw the ball away if you can. Um, but he's the guy that everybody's down on right now. Um, so I would say he'll be the guy that's going to win the game for us. If you go out there, turn over free, and uh, keep the ball moving, chains moving on third downs. So, I mean, as far as McCaffrey and other guys, I think they're going to just do what they do. But it's really going to come down to the quarterback play in this game. Next up, most likely – unlikely Super Bowl MVP. So the guy that is going to be the most unlikely guy to get MVP, but you can see it happening. What you got for me, Ron? I'm going to go with Checo, even though that may not be, because if you think of the Chiefs with MVP, you're going to pretty much put Pat 1, Trav 2, um, maybe a defensive player, if he, like Nick Bolton last year, I thought he had a good chance of winning defensive MVP. Maybe if that, something like that happens, but I'm going to go with Pacheco for the simple fact that, um, like Aaron Jones have a, had a, the Packers had a good, a decent, um, ran the ball pretty well against them. Uh, the Lions, which I kind of grain of salt a little bit because they're going to run the ball against a lot of people with the offensive line that they have. So, um, I'm going to say Pacheco, though. Uh, I think Pacheco can have a decent game. If he runs for 70, 80, uh, you know, run, maybe punch two touchdowns in or, or catch one, run one. And it may, and, it, and, if, and if it does turn into, like, not not a high-scoring game, and if he has, like, 70, 80 and, and two touches, I can, I, I can see him winning. Who is your most likely, unlikely Super Bowl MVP, Randy? Uh, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Ward. Um, okay. Ward. Well, okay. Yeah. Playing against his old team. Um, Pat Mahomes, you know, he can sometimes turn the ball over. And if Ward can go out there and make some plays, maybe get, you know, he's playing against um, a more inferior wide receiving call. Um, so if he can go out there and maybe get him like two interceptions, um, something like one of those type of games, I think that can very well maybe close the MVP for him, especially if it's a low-scoring game. He goes out there, get two two uh two INTs. I think he could be the most likely, unlikely MVP. All right, so last week, y'all kind of gave y'all Super Bowl picks. Obviously, we kind of knew who was picking who based on the fact that both of y'all teams are in the Super Bowl. So we yeah. really didn't have to uh, answer that question. 
But uh, this week, I'm going to go ahead and give my pick. Uh, I'm going to give you my NFL knowledge pick, and then I'm going to tell you what my actual pick is. All right? So we got San Francisco, uh, according to Vegas, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And right mm. now, um, you know, you guys if, that you've been listening to, all, all the ones that have been listening to the show for a while, you, you know I have a, a favorite saying, you know, follow the money. And right now, Kansas City has 80% of the money line on them, and 83% of the spread is on Kansas City. Mm. Again, y'all know what I always tell you. Anytime you hit 80% or anywhere close to 80%, Vegas is not about to lose that kind of money, especially not on the most bet on game of the year in any sport. So I'm sorry, Ron, but um, my football mind tells me never bet against Patty, but Vegas don't lose. I mean, the house don't lose. So I I, I got to say the safe bet is San Fran. I I think San Fran pulls it out. I think the most unlikely, the most likely unlikely MVP is actually going to end up being Brock Purdy. Um, and that's just because he's not. I wouldn't deem him as being a top three, four player on his team. So although he is the quarterback, because he's not the best player, because he's not one of the top three best players, in my humble opinion, I'm not even the top four best players on the team, humble opinion. Um, I think him making MVP would surprise a lot of folks. But um, yeah, like I said, my, my football mind says never, never go against Patty. But Vander can tell you throughout the year, I've been pointing out whenever teams had that 80% uh, clip, as far as uh, uh, people uh, betting them on, on betting on them on the money line or betting on the spread, and it is few and far between. There were literally Sundays where every single team that was above seventy seven percent, it ended up going the opposite way. Like, like Vegas just don't tend to lose when 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 it's that significant um, amount of money on a team winning. And that is a significant amount of money on a team with a spread. Like if the money line was a little bit lower, but the spread, um, I mean, if the money line was at uh, 80% or, or matter of fact, if the money line was a little bit lower, but the spread was also a little bit lower, I could see it kind of changing a little bit based on the fact that Vegas could still win a little bit if um, Kansas City won, but didn't cover the spread like that, that, that could help out a little bit. Um, but right now I just don't see, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see Vegas losing on Super Bowl Sunday that big. Um, I don't know if it's happened before it could happen. It just don't normally happen. I, I guess is how I'm looking at it. So, which I think about happen in Super Bowl. I don't know if it happened in the Super Bowl, but I know, um, uh, and Brock, just the thing to tell you about Brock Purdy, he's actually the betting favorite to win the the MVP out of everybody in the league um, right now. Like, it's him first, then Patrick Mahomes second. So he's at, it wouldn't be like a surprise for me because it's not even that. Even if other people play different, like I'll give an example. I thought Damian Williams played better than Patrick Mahomes the very first time we played in the okay. But just because it's the quarterback, they gonna, I think they're going to give it to the quarterback. Right. But just a question with the money lines. I don't know for Super Bowl, what was the money line? And spread percentage last week against two weeks ago against Baltimore. See, th- that's different. 
Um, and I was like, I don't know if it's the Super Bowl, but uh, it, it's it's a little bit different when it's um. I, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't over eighty percent. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but it wasn't over eighty percent. But the, the Super Bowl is like like this is Vegas's last cleanup game of the year because because the NFL is the, is the most bet on sport like out here anywhere. So I, I just I don't know. I mean this this might be uh, Shanahan's year to finally get right. So how is the Forty Nines the favorite, but they're the underdog when it comes to the betting? Well, no. So what happens is, and this is what normally happens: it, it, it's the public. Vegas sets the spread. Vegas is saying that San Fran is the better team by two and a half points. But the public is saying, I'm putting my money on Kansas City. So if it happens the way Vegas is saying that it's going to happen, and Vegas is right, San Fran will probably win by a field goal, and then they'll clean up all the money from the 80% of the betting public that put their money either on Kansas City winning or on Kansas City covering the spread. So, I mean, Kansas City can help Vegas win and still and San Fran still wins. So, like, if it ended up, if San Fran ends up winning by like one point, then Vegas still wins because um, Kansas City. Well, no, they would lose because Kansas City covered the spread and people got that two and a half points. So it's gonna be interesting. I I don't know how. It's tough. It's. I have to research to see what it. I, I just I, I just don't see Vegas lose like that very often. Like like. For eighty three percent of the money to be on that Kansas City, no, excuse me. So that would be San Fran having to win by three. So yeah, my original statement that San Fran winning by a field goal is is what's most likely gonna happen in this game, um, just so they can a field goal or more. So that way Vegas covers that eighty three percent. And obviously, if they cover the spread, then they obviously cover the money line because they can't cover the spread without covering the money line. So. I'm yeah, interested to see, see what it was uh, when when uh, the Patriots played Philly that year. I'm interested to see that too. To see what that one was. Yeah, that would. Be, and, and then I would be interested to see what the spread was on that as well. Um, yeah. I it, it doesn't normally go the opposite way, um, mm-hmm. but then you got in game betting now where like. Like I, I would be interested to see what 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 the uh, in game betting was when the Patriots was down twenty eight to three. Yeah, that probably was crazy. <laughs> hey, that probably was crazy right there. Yeah, if you bet it, but then you cleaned up. Exactly. Did that. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but hey, but get, get, guess who going guess who going guess who going for broke? It in. Who I, I don't care about what Vegas got going on. What nothing. <laughs> I tell everybody, and if you watching this podcast, and if you know Zay or Barry. I tell people if you would, if your cash app is as confident as your mouth is, you find me. Vegas is going to break me. They just got to break me, my boy. That's what they're going to have to do. Hey, so if you get, get in and contact with them guys and they and just just set them out, I don't even got nothing said. Just set it and it's gone. It's out of here. He gonna cry in the car. Look, somebody going to be upset next week. That's all I can tell you. Um, th- these are, This Super Bowl uh, review is going to be very interesting. Now, I got a feeling there's going to be some tears on one side and some uh, boasting on the other. We're going to see how that goes, though. 
But yeah, uh, we'll definitely be tuned in to the Super Bowl, seeing what's going on. I think this is going to be a great game, though, and I'm glad I don't have any skin in the game because my heart will be thumping for the whole three, four hours that they playing with each other because I don't believe it's going to get away from either team. Um, it, it'll be the game will be determined in the fourth quarter. And really, for all of us that aren't Kansas City or San Fran fans, that's the most that we can hope for, that it's just a good Super Bowl. So with that being said, let's go ahead. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no go ahead. I'm eerily calm about this game. Like, like it's like my, like they there. Like my first, when I'm, in 2019, I had, I never seen a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So I was nervous as I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen. Then the next year when we played uh, Tampa, when the year that I was like, oh, offensive line going nervous again. Last year was confident, but kind of nervous. I like I I don't know if it's because I've been there so much now. Maybe you can tell me more about that because you know if you've been there enough, maybe that got something to do with it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just but, eerily but, but I'll tell you this: those hurt the most. The, when, when you when you when you're overconfident and you've been there and you know you should beat the team and you lose, that look look. I was literally, and we won this Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl against Seattle, I just knew that game was over because I just knew that Marshawn Lynch was about to run the ball in for a touchdown. I was literally putting on my coat and about to walk up the street because I was heated. I, I opened up the door. I heard interception. I turned back around, lost my mind for about 10 minutes. But, but look, for real, like – the ones where you feel like you're the better team and there's there's no reason we should like I can depend on Tom Brady the way you can depend on Patrick Mahomes and I could depend on Bill Belichick the way you could depend on Andy Reid. It, it, it just it, it hurts way more. I, I, I can tell you that firsthand. Yeah. I'll be, be shocked if we lose this game. So this one probably will hurt. I'll be, like, I would be eerily shocked if we lose this game. I'm going to be shocked. And the shock is what gets No, I'm going to be super shocked. I ain't going to I'm going to be shocked because this is the most vulnerable team that y'all ever had in the, in the championship game. Not, I'll not, say it's the most vulnerable offense wise. they've had, yeah. but it's also the best defense that I've this seen the, from this, them. This is so actually the best balanced be team, we've all-around team we've had. It's the best all-around team we had. And in the playoffs, we haven't been playing like we played in the regulars. I like think they, they always, y'all, y'all always had, even though this defense um, statistically may be better, the defense of the past always had playmakers on. So even though, I mean, Chris Jones always been there still making plays. You know what I'm saying? You had Frank Clark making plays. Like, y'all always had still players that will make plays on the defense, even though this defense is... Um, it seems to be playing better, you know, as far as statistically. But I think this is the most vulnerable Chiefs team due to the offense, due to the lack of the wide receiver, receiver's um, ability to catch the ball, different things they haven't been doing in years past. And um, even though Mahomes is not having a bad year, this is his, you could call it, worst year. Even though it's not bad, it's bad to his standard. That's why everybody's talking about it, but it's not a bad year. But when but, you go from otherworldly to being great, right. like that, so that's, that's kind of the decline right. that he had. Otherworldly right. to great. So that's and what I'm saying. Great quarterback most, still win the Super Bowl. This is the most yeah. vulnerable team because I mean, Kelsey is older. It's not the younger Kelsey. He's having his. He's he had a good season, based in comparison to most tight ends. But it's bad for him. Same thing for Mahomes in comparison to other quarterbacks. Good season, but it's bad for him. I just think this is the most vulnerable Chiefs team 
that we've seen to get this far. I, I'm I'm 75 25 with you on that because we haven't played like we played in the regular season. Like the regular season, we dropping a ton. Like we making a lot of like dumb mistakes. Like ever since that Cincinnati Bengals game, but that we lost in the AFC Championship, Patrick Mahomes got the highest quarterback in, in that span of seven games. 11 touchdowns, no interception. He not turning it over. Um, um, like I said, the only thing different about the defense is the corners this year. Like, if you got some corners that can really, like, take away or disrupt some guy, that'll help. But, yeah, our personnel, I agree with you 100%. Our personnel, like, not offensively. It doesn't scare you, like, past, like, stuff. So, and if you got a great defense, you can slow it down. So, I agree with that, too. All right, let's go ahead and move over to our fantasy fix and get on these wide receivers. There are 10 wide receivers that are kind of of the, I would say, top 10 of the up-and-coming free agent wide receivers, if you will. And I want to know if you think they're moving on, and if you think they're moving on, is are they going to be better or worse? So we'll deep dive into each individual wide receiver once we find out what it's actually going to be. But what we want to know is, are they moving on? And this is going to be a better or worse situation, most likely. So number one, and matter of fact, we'll start at the back end and work our way up to the top. So number 10, we got Curtis Samuel um, of the Washington Commanders. Do we think that, uh, we'll start out with you, Ron. Do we think that he's moving on? And if he does move on, do you think he'll be in a better or worse position? Um. <laughs> With a new regime, I don't know what type, uh, how he fits there. Um, you know, I, they pretty sure love Terry McLaurin. And it also depends on if they stay at number two and if they take, I'm not sure, if they don't get Caleb Williams, are they going to take Harrison? Or are they going to take May? Like, I don't know what their plans are. So that'll right. that'll be a little bit better indication. Just assuming that everything stays at, as is. Um, I think you can move on from him. Um, and wherever he goes, I think he's going to be right what he is. Um, he's not a terrible player. To me, he's a low bu- budget, low, low budget. Because I don't want to disrespect Debo like that, but in that mold of like Swiss Army knife type H-back thing, I think kind of yeah. right. Yeah. Um <laughs> that nigga's so a butter. I, I think I think he's uh you can I think you can put mm, same value, nothing game breaking. Uh may have his moments here and there, but I don't think he moved the needle for any if he stays or goes to them with a move needle like that. I Vander, net number nine. I got Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. Does he stay or does he go? And if he leaves, is it better or worse? Um, I think he's gonna leave. And I think if he does leave, um probably gonna be about the same. Okay. Um, I think he can get a tad better. Uh it depends on where he lands. I mean, because he's going from maybe the third. Uh, option to another team where he could possibly be the second option. Do you think he'd pick a team where he wasn't minimally the second option, or was he comfortable with being the third option? I think he's the third option that thought he was better. He was good enough to be a second. Or, or, or a lot of these guys, you know, these are wide receivers. These guys are demons, right? Um, he's a third option, but I think in his mind he could be better. And I think he'll find out the hard way that it's not what it's cut out to be. He's a guy that will have to land in a system that fits his skill set more than anything, being because he plays in the slot. So a lot of systems, slot guys are not the number one guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Unless the system is, you know, geared to, to geared around them. He's not the guy. I think a guy like a Hunter Renfro would be somebody that um, 
is a, probably a better choice playing the same position. So, and um, he's not a free agent, and I, and I don't I don't know if the Raiders are going to trade him or not. But um, if they're not going to use him any more than they did this year, they might as well trade him. Yeah, um, we'll see how that. Goes. I, I think he's going to move on though, due, due to the uh, financial the finances on the team. We got Odell Beckham at number eight of the Baltimore Ravens. Ron, do you think he moves on? And if he moves on, do we think he goes to another team? Does he hang it up? What goes on with Odell? I think he moves on. Um, Because I think you saw in the playoffs the emergence of Bay Flower. Um, Right. And they literally, when Mark Andrews went down, you know, you kind of think maybe he would play, even though they have likely that can fulfill that role. He didn't do nothing that stood out to me. He had a couple flash plays, but getting paid, what he got paid, man, like, Hey, what's the difference between him and MBS? If you pull up the stats, what's the difference right. between him and him? And they make him about the same amount of money. So I kind of feel like the way you feel with MBS, you should feel about Odell. My, it's my funny opinion. that you say that because I was thinking that the best fit for Odell, I'm going to say best fit, but the best option for Odell would be to figure out if he can go play with Patrick Mahomes because um, he can't be worse than, than than some of the other options that are there already. I mean, they 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 got Hartman getting on the field. They That's speaking um, yeah, next year. Mm-hmm. I, I can see it. Like like it, it would make sense if 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 I'm Odell, it ain't about money at this point. Um, you you got to try to cap off their career, you know. And and I can see finishing up with Kansas City making a ton of sense. Uh, you got mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills with Gabe Davis being a free agent. Is he moving on? And he's going to be a better situation. I think he's going to. I think he's going to have to stay due to it because I okay. think Stephon Diggs is going to move on. So I think Stephon Diggs is going to be the guy that move on, and I think Buffalo going to keep him for that reason. Uh, I don't think they want to lose both of their starting wide receivers and bringing in all new guys. So I can see Gabe staying. I can see his numbers uh, just think rise a little bit because um, he hasn't put up crazy numbers already. So uh, with Stephon out of the way. It can't be nothing but uh, a better situation for him. We got Darnell Mooney of Chicago. Does he stay or does he go? Um, hey, he's been rumored to come to us, and I don't want him. So I can see like that. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of mocks of him coming to us or whatever. And you know what? I don't. Let, let me take that back because I don't want to shade him. He's a him. better version of MVS. It, it depends on where, what and of what of what we do. Like if we bring in like him, what we've already brought in another receiver or drafted another decent receiver and he comes to round out the group. Okay. Y'all take that. But as far as we're getting rid of like me and Barry had this conversation and Barry said it, y'all need to, we need to get rid of everybody in the receiver group except Rice. Everybody else needs to go, which I agree. So I'm assuming we're going to make a, a, a wholesale change there, but I don't want him to be the flagship guy that we bring in. Oh, like, no, let us I don't think he could be. Yeah, I, so. I think he would like replace Hartman or something like that. He he he's not built to be the flagship guy. Yeah, I don't he want can't that. Stay, the skill set and injury prone. He he can't be the flagship guy. Yeah. So yeah, um, would you would, got, you would you would you want Boyd? Hmm. Oh yeah, I love. I would love. I would love Tyler Boyd. I ain't slot. Yeah. Yeah, I that, love. That'd Tyler be nice. Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd right there. Because now, would you um, would you rather have Tyler Boyd or would you rather have this next guy that I got coming up? This it's kind of a, a little bit of a contra I'm gonna say controversial, but Calvin Ridley is a free agent. And Calvin Ridley probably won't cost as much as he would have had he not had the 
uh, situations that he's had over the last couple of years, but he's shown in the games where they targeted him that he can still do what he get paid to do. And if you get a guy like that at a discount, so that way you can still pay other guys, I mean, that that might be the straw that stirs the Kool-Aid. What you think about Calvin Ridley? Um, you know, does he stay or does he go? And and is he a, and what type of team is he a good fit for? I think he, I think he uh well, this is funny, right? I think he leaves. Okay. Uh, because I think the guy that's gonna come in, we're gonna talk about later on this list. Um if you see the college connection, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think um I guess oh. yeah, people ain't thinking about that. Um but okay. I can definitely see uh Calvin going somewhere else and getting a bigger bag. Um I think he has played himself into some type of payday. Um there's a lot of uh wide receiver needy teams out there. And um I could very well see him leaving going somewhere else for sure. Hollywood Brown, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I don't know what to think about Hollywood. Um, what you got for me, Ryan? Does he stay? Does he go? Better, worse situation? What's your thoughts on Hollywood? He need to go. And he okay. need to put on a Chiefs uniform. I've been clamoring that. Okay. But I don't know how long. I said, I don't even need a huge, big, like, of course, I say I want Mike Evans, T. Higgins, like those type guy. But no, nah, we can save some money, bring in Hollywood, with she, and then bring in one of them other guys or draft somebody. That'd be my perfect dream scenario, and and if he come there, I love it. Uh, okay. If if he go, because a, a lot a lot of times too, what uh, like I look at it like this, right? Like if if somebody else drafts a uh, a running back in the sixth round, and you be like, oh yo, he he nice, he alright. But Mike Shanahan draft him in the sixth round, you be like, okay, well he or or, or Mike McDaniel draft him in the sixth, round. you be like, okay, well he got his a, a reason why. He's going to look better in that system. I think Andy right. Reid with his scheme and you a little bit above average can make you look better other places. So that's what I think. Yeah. You just brought up uh, one of the guys that's up. Actually, you brought up two of the guys that's up next. Uh, Mike Evans. Um, th- well, it, it's almost a foregone conclusion that that the Buccaneers have kind of burned that bridge. But um, I guess they could work things out in the offseason. Maybe he wants to stay there. I, I'm the team that he's been on since forever. But what do you think about Mike Evans? Does he stay? Does he go? Does he remain the same? Get better? What what happens with Mike Evans? I think he leaves, and I think he remains. Well, he's remained the same his whole career, right? Um, so yeah. I don't see what's the you know he's getting older, of course, but I don't see where the drop off will really happen that big of a you know big of a drop off. So I think he leaves. And I think he remains the same as far as his uh, output. Michael Pittman Jr. of the Colts. Does he stay? Does he go? Does he get better? Does he get worse? What we got going on with Michael Pittman Jr., Ron? I actually think he stayed. Um, okay. Uh, to me, you got your young quarterback. It don't make sense. Even though you have Jonathan Taylor, you can turn around and hand the ball off to take the load off over. It don't make sense to me to have a draft a young quarterback and take his best weapon away from him, like throwing-wise. Um so I think he stays, and you have a young nucleus of Richardson, Taylor, and uh, Pittman that you can kind of like move for, and you can really get a gauge of what he is because even ultra talented quarterbacks like Josh Allen or so didn't show you what he was until def- he got a, a definite number one receiver. Then you're like, okay, well now we can really judge what he really is because now you got the twos. So I think he stays, and I think he kind of I had him at like 
wide receiver two, whether you have him like mid wide receiver two or high wide receiver two, I, I think this year he goes to low wide receiver one. So I think he improves if he stays with the coat. If he leaves, I still think he has that same capability depending on where he goes. Uh, but I know if he stays with with the Colts, he's going to be the the, lead, the team leader in targets, depending on who else they bring in. But as is, I think he stays and improves a little bit. And Vander, go ahead and round us out. You already started speaking on it a little bit. We got T. Higgins hey. from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Does he stay? Does he go? Better or worse situation? Uh, I think he leaves uh, for sure. Uh, more money. Uh, and better situation uh, for him because he'll be the pseudo one, I guess, wherever he lands, whether it's going to be Tennessee, which where his uh, his guys going to OC, right? Be the head coach there, and they need a they need a wide receiver, um, or Jacksonville again, going back to reconnect with Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson connect. Um, with them losing, really, yeah, it makes play. already there too. I mean, they can they can get the band back together better. Clemson Jaguars, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I think that um, with them losing a Ridley, it would make way for a guy like T. Higgins to come in and uh, and be the number one receiver down there. So, yeah, definitely. Do you think he I takes think a pay cut to go to Jacksonville to to, to get the band back together, or is it going to be whoever pay willing to pay him the most money? That's where he's going to go. Yeah, who's they, I think they both will be willing teams. They both will they both will be willing to pay the figure because I mean he's gonna get his money. He should get up with uh maybe mid twenties. Yeah, you sure. He's probably gonna get mid twenties a year, twenty five, twenty seven, up in that range. And can Jacksonville afford it? Because they about to have to pay Trevor. Um I think they maybe if they pay him, if they bring him in, yeah. And it's too bad to pay Trevor because they may lose some guys on the defensive end because I think that kid, um, True. Josh Allen, he he about to be a bag about to be coming yeah. his way real soon. You're gonna get a bag. Mm. I don't know. It'll be interesting because money money normally m- money is normally the determining factor in a lot of these uh, free agent situations, and uh, you kind of feel like whoever offered me the biggest check is offering me the most respect and. You know, the next check isn't guaranteed, so let me take the most money that I can right now. So right. it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, I got a question for you then. For, for, what you got? For you. Like, and you too, Barry, because you, you spoke on this earlier. Like, if the Bengals lose, we think the Bengals are going to lose uh, T. Higgins for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they said, okay, we're losing T. Do we want to pay Tyler Boyd to keep him in, in-house? Nah. Or you think you let him go? They already got the rookies in the fold that's going to take them spots. As long as they got Chase and Burrow, they'll be fine. Now, I can see them doing something like going out and possibly going after like a Dalton Schultz to put it that tight end spot, something like that, um, as another pass catcher. But uh, Mixon already took a pay cut, and I could see them letting Higgins and Boyd go. I'm not uh, sure what they're drafting that, but maybe they draft a guy like Bowers. Um. I'm not sure about getting shows. Maybe they go out to a kid like the kid Bowers and uh and go that route. But but I can see the tight end being the position that they upgrade in because they, they already got the uh wide receivers uh you know already in tow. So th- that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I think that they'll probably end up going. Um real quick though, something real funny from the Pro Bowl. Um Jamar Chase told CJ Stroud, man, come play with me. I thought that's pretty interesting. 
Yeah, for sure. How how is that supposed to work out? That you that's what I'm saying. That's pretty interesting to say that. Yeah. He tried to <laughs> clean it up, but it was it, you you said it initially. That was yeah. kind of like weird from I mean it, mm-hmm. it will it would be it would be more so I want to come play with you. Yeah. Uh Cincinnati gonna get rid of Chase before they get rid of Burrow. So yeah, I, sure. I don't really I don't so really know that, how that's he probably he probably threw it in the air just to to get it get the wheel spinning. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? You know, so he, he hasn't got paid yet, right? Nah. Chase? Yeah. I got paid yet. No, I don't so, think so. Yeah, so that's maybe he just messing around with that. Because Jefferson was the first one to, to Jefferson was the first one up. And yeah. Chase, I think Chase should probably get his contract this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Unless they're gonna let him go. No. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I mean, he, he might end up being a, a cap casualty because uh, they they made Burrow a significant contract. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but honestly, right now with Cincinnati, other than Burrow, it's looking like anyone that's not willing to take a pay cut, they're gonna get rid of. They did the same thing with Mixon. They did. The same, I mean, a whole bunch of players that was on that team. Um, and Cincinnati is known for being cheap anyway, but they couldn't be cheap with Burrow. So they may be in a situation that they won't be able to keep Chase and keep Burrow. Um, so they, they may go the rookie route as far as wide receivers are concerned. Keep going to the well as far as that's concerned. Or they may bring in um, you know, a couple of guys that are elder statesmen that still have a year or two left. And Burrow can lengthen their career just a little bit on a much smaller ticket than what Chase is going to cost. But. All of that and more will be determined here over the next several weeks. We will make sure that we keep you abreast to all of the NFL news, the NBA news, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, After next week, we'll be diving a little bit more into the NBA, looking at some of the offseason moves and all that kind of good stuff. But, hey, make sure you enjoy the Super Bowl. And as always, tell the truth. (laughs) 